Hello, everyone. Welcome to Energy Security Cubed, where we explore the pillars that form the nexus of energy security in Canada and the world, energy, economics, and the environment. I'm your host, CEO of the Canadian Global Affairs Institute, Kelly Oakley. On today's episode, recorded January 25, 2022, we discuss some of the exciting innovations in Canada's energy industry and the role of innovation in the energy transition. Really pleased to be with me for today from Calgary is Kevin Krausert. Uh, Kevin is the CEO and co-founder of Avatar Innovations. Before starting Avatar, Kevin worked for oil and gas drilling contractor Beaver Drilling Limited, rising from roughneck to president and CEO of the company. Pretty impressive. Thanks again for coming on, Kevin. Thanks for having me. So let's start off with giving our audience an introduction to Avatar Innovations, how it started and what you do. Yeah, so Avatar Innovations is a uh, corporate innovation uh, partner that works inside oil and gas that builds leaders and technologies for commercialization and investment. Um, there's three stages to, to Avatar um, of what we call the Avatar program. Uh, the first is Avatar Ignite. Uh, this takes um, hundreds of um, leaders inside oil and gas and works them through a technology entrepreneurship program to see if we can generate um, solutions to decarbonization challenges um, from within the industry. The second phase is the accelerator, where industry puts their hand up and says, okay, we think that technology has promise and we think that technology has promise. And then it gets serious. So you know, there'll be 50 teams in Avatar Ignite, and then there's 10 teams in Avatar Accelerator. And this is really where they go and build it. They get access to prototyping labs at the University of Calgary, um, and they go and see if they can build a solution that's actually needed. Um, and then the thir third and final stage is Avatar Ventures. Um, you know, if they've uncovered a, a solution that industry needs um, and solves a big challenge, um, we can uh, commercialize it and invest in it and scale it much faster because you've had the companies, uh, the large corporates who are capable of implementing this massive, um, the massive infrastructure that's needed in the energy transition um, to be able to, to, to be at the, at the front seat of, of the table. So, you know, a quick, easy way to think about the avatar is, you know, is, is really a corporate innovation partner. Um, it's about uh, recognizing that, you know, the future of the, ener the energy industry is changing, uh, but we're, the oil and gas industry is going to take a driver's seat in it. Um, and the leaders of tomorrow uh, and who are going to live in the future of tomorrow need to be the ones who build it. Um, so we've, uh, we've been having a lot of fun, but uh, it's a new, pr new process, but it's uh, been uh, making a lot of strides recently. So Kevin, uh, it's sort of like a, like a business incubator, I could, you could say, right? Yes, say. Avatar Ignite would be like an incubator, Avatar Accelerator is more like an accelerator, and then Avatar Ventures is uh, an investment arm. But I, I really like the, you know, when I look at your webpage, the, um, the rigor and um, due diligence you're doing under the auspices of these big companies really, get, when you get to stage three, like you've sifted 100 to to 20 down to four to, you know, somebody wins, right? And not, not but having said that, the other people can go away and, and work on their idea and maybe come back. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, for sure. Some of the ones that uh, haven't made through, they're still busily working, working uh, on, their, on their projects. But, you know, what it does for the industry is it really creates a safe third space where these large corporates... Um, can think and innovate and come up with as many ideas as possible. Um, you know, in the oil and gas industry, being a highly regulated, safety critical, capital intensive business, innovation can sometimes be a little tricky because when things go sideways, 
um, <laughs> things go really bad, you know? Uh, and what we're trying to do is create a sandbox where we can generate as many ideas as possible but it's also a forum for killing bad ideas quickly, right. uh, which is something else uh, sometimes uh, the industry has struggled with. So it really creates this forum for activity, excitement, new ideas, and the best ideas. Yeah, they can make it to, to market pretty quickly. So uh, I get, can I, 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 I'll ask a question. In a scale of one to 10 in, from uh, idea, light bulb goes on to commercialization, would, be, would your third step be... Um, which is uh, Avatar Ventures, would that be halfway up the scale of commercialization, would you say? Or? Uh, I'd say when it's, in, when it's in Avatar Ventures, it's commercial, commercially ready. Um, you know, we're working on the first pilots and the first uh, for the technologies uh, right now, doing some reviews on what those are going to look like. So once it's in Avatar Ventures, it has a customer in place. Um, okay. Oh, I, oh, right. So there's a, there's a business plan that's going to generate revenue, maybe not cash flow right away, but it, it's in a situation where it's going to be taking the next step toward retained earnings, let's say. Yeah. Yes. And that's the beauty of working um, with these large corporates. So, you know, a lot of emerging technology companies struggle with interfacing with, with, you know, multi-billion dollar companies. Um, this provides a forum where it's actually generating solutions that are, are needed. Um, you know, a lot of the entrepreneurship world, um, you know, as garage inventors convinced the world needs a widget. Um, our model is, is let's take the smart people in the room um, and uncover the solutions and, and uncover the problems that they have so that we can actually use the, you know, trillions of dollars of worth of energy infrastructure around the world to make sure the energy transition is as economic uh, as possible. Well, that certainly hits the nail for me because it's, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is the, is the economic and global ramifications of energy security. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I can see that your, you know, your, your, your shotgun is got a, a ballistic path of not just Canada or Alberta. Like, uh, you know, you, you reference all eight of the 10 provinces involved in, in uh, some of the things you're doing. And having said that, the, and the leading into that is the federal government recently announced uh, $3 million in new funding for an energy transition center in downtown Calgary. Can you give us a little bit of an overview? I know that you, uh, you announced this on your own website and uh, wh what do you think this contributes to the energy sector and, is, and how are you guys involved? Yeah, well, I, first of all, I think the announcement demonstrates that Calgary is Canada's energy capital, period, uh, both in oil and gas uh, and in the energy transition. And those are um, not mutually exclusive. Those are in fact, actually very complementary. Um, so really what I think you've been seeing over the last couple of years is, you know, the emergence of a lot of these fantastic groups, entrepreneurs, technologies, and large corporates, um, you know, running as fast as they can towards a net zero target. Um, what the Energy Transition Center does is create a forum where, first of all, large corporates can signal to the innovation community and entrepreneurs and the research community um, what, what is needed. Um, and then secondarily, create a forum where these emerging technology companies can integrate uh, with the large cap oil and gas companies so they can scale and commercialize their technologies um, a lot faster. Um, so the Energy Transition Center is uh, a space uh, in downtown Calgary, uh, right next to the headquarters. Um, it's been designed for, for kind of a, a post-COVID uh, work, workplace, uh, if, you, if you will. Um, and it clusters together uh, many of the 
like-minded uh, technology um, and, and groups working on energy transition so the industry can start running faster. You know, if we announced uh, last week that, you know, the anchor tenants in the Energy Transition Center will be Avatar Innovations, uh, the University of Calgary's uh, energy groups, uh, the Energy Futures Lab, um, SAIT's uh, Applied Research um, Group, and um, five energy young professional associations supported by the Clean Resource Innovation Network. Yeah, CRIN. Yeah, CRIN. Yeah, so it really creates a, a forum for making sure that all of these groups are working in tandem and, and complementing each other. Outstanding. Now, to you know, to kind of whet people's appetite and excitement, um, because this is probably the most famous person in the news in the last couple of years. Um, some people that are listening here may have heard of the $100 million XPRIZE carbon removal competition funded by the Musk Foundation. You guys are involved, aren't you? This is uh, uh, Yes, yeah. we've uh, been working with them uh, since August. Could you give us a little bit of an overview about the XPRIZE, Kevin, and, and where you guys sit in the, in the pecking order? Yeah, for sure. First of all, I'll explain um, you know, what the XPRIZE is. Um, so the XPRIZE is, is the world's uh, most prestigious technology competition, really focused on breakthrough technologies. Uh, the first XPRIZE was the Ansari XPRIZE. Um, and the Ansari family said, um, anybody who can take the same craft to outer space twice in one week, um, will win $20 million. Um, and so lo and behold, it's signaled to the aerospace community um, and uh, a spaceship number one did it. Um, and that turned into Virgin Galactic, but also created this burgeoning um, aerospace and privatization of the space market um, that is now led by you know, SpaceX, Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic, um, and really led to a lot of excitement in the sector. So they've done a number of, of X prizes, including the COSIA Carbon to Value X Prize, um, which wrapped up in April of last year. Um, and uh, Elon Musk and his foundation put $100 million into a carbon removal X Prize. So this is anybody that can pull CO2 out of the atmosphere and set and permanently store it. Um, so that this, technology if, uh, if it works um, you know holds the benefit of you know not just stopping the worst effects of climate change uh, but actually reversing it uh, by bringing down the atmospheric co2 concentration um, so any solution that is either an engineered solution or a nature-based solution um, is eligible um, and um, they're hoping that somebody can demonstrate gigaton scale, carbon removal. To give you an idea of how much a gigaton of CO2 is, that's the annual emissions of China. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, so uh, nothing short of audacious as uh, as both Elon and, and XPRIZE uh, are, are used to. Um, so um, I've got a great relationship uh, with the CEO of XPRIZE. Um, when the COSIA XPRIZE uh, wrapped up, which was you know based here out of Calgary, um, and I was aware that Elon was going to be putting uh, some funds into a carbon removal X prize uh, and wanted to make sure there was demonstrated continuity between the phenomenal carbon technology infrastructure we have here in Calgary um, and this, uh, this new, new X prize that Elon was launching. Um, so we partnered with XPRIZE, uh, formed a partnership agreement, and what we do is we run uh, an accelerator program for um, carbon removal technologies uh, to be able to do, meet and win this prize. 
So we currently have 10 companies uh, from four different countries, uh, Canada, the US, Singapore, uh, and Germany, um, working with uh, our five large cap energy clients, um, Synovus, uh, Suncor, uh, Enbridge, Imperial, uh, and Shell Canada. And what these corporates are doing is really providing them with some interfaces to see how they can scale this type of technology. Um, you know, there was a lot of questions around partnering <laughs> Elon Musk and uh, some of these uh, super major oil and gas companies. Um, but the reality is, is these super major oil and gas companies are probably the most motivated to figure out this technology. Um, and it's been pretty inspiring watching the work of, of these emerging nascent technologies. Um, and these are everything from using algae to pull CO2 out of the atmosphere and turn it into biopolymers um, to nature-based solutions uh, to novel uses of, of CO2. So it's certainly an emerging technology area, but I'm optimistic that what we can do with this XPRIZE uh, is similar to what they did with the first XPRIZE, is let's launch an entire new industry around carbon removal. Well, let's take that your lot what you just said to the next question and so what do you see as the most likely carbon removal technology is under development here like in your group of 10 or uh, like obviously there there's some global there's global work being done here which is really exciting yeah i'll maybe speak to um you know the 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 the, the big world of of carbon removal you know there is actually a calgary board company called carbon engineering um which is, you know, pulling CO2 out of the atmosphere. They're building a big plant in Texas right now with uh, Oxy and Chevron. Um, and they're probably, you know, the most established um, incumbent carbon removal company um, in the world. Is that the uh, company that David Keith is with? Yes, that David okay. Keith was the founder of, of that company. And we're actually really excited to be hosting David Keith in uh, the upcoming Avatar program. Um, and so, and then there's a, there's another company called Climeworks, which would sort of be the second largest after them. The challenge with both of those technologies is they're very energy intensive. Um, and so where I think you're seeing some excitement in the carbon removal space is solutions that can decrease the energy intensity of pulling CO2 out of the atmosphere. Like you're essentially fighting thermodynamics to pull right. CO2 out of the atmosphere. Yeah. So there's some solutions like solid, solid sorbents. So right now, most of these technologies are amine-based solvents um, without getting too much into the science. Um, uh, but uh, there's other solutions like solid sorbents that I think are potentially going to change the cost curve of carbon removal. Um, and I'm also actually pretty excited about a number of nature-based solutions. Um, you know, <laughs> the nature is, uh, is pretty adept at pulling CO2 out of the atmosphere and putting it into plants. The question is just how do we store it? Um, so if you could figure out a way to make sure that when the plant decomposes, the CO2 doesn't go back in the atmosphere. Um, that's, you know, what, hap what happened. So I think there's, I think there's some, some cool stuff. So, yeah, exactly. Like if it can be nature-based, it just, you know, millions of years of, of carbon in, in and out of the atmosphere is going to be the best solution. Having said that, it is a, a Gordian knot, right? Like you, you continue to try to untie it and it just continues to be tied. Having said that, um, it sounds very exciting. And it, I guess what would excite you the most about future technologies would be ones that are nature-based, I guess. Is that fair to say? It's, it's an area that I think has a ton of potential uh, that hasn't really been uh, exploited, I think, quite yet. 
probably because of cost most more than anything, right? Like it's well, the challenge with nature-based climate solutions is really, first of all, generally either on the scalability or the permanence. Um, so you can grow a tree, but how many trees are you going to have to grow to pull the uh, you know emissions of China out of the atmosphere on an annual basis? Um, and then also the permanence. You know what happens if there's a forest fire or the tree decomposes? So one that's those are be the two questions so but i think once you could answer those two i think you'd have a pretty compelling solution so let's get uh, going back to what's like right here at home um on your website you're looking for somebody to run a company that i'm guessing is into the is into the uh avatar venture stage is that correct yes can you expand uh, on that kevin yeah so um uh, without divulging too much on yeah, the I, I, technology, but so one of the teams came up with a really compelling technology solution on carbon sequestration. Um, they've got a proof of concept built. Uh, it was built by uh, leaders who work at Suncor and Enbridge, um, and 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 they're ready to kind of go and commercialize the the market. But because the avatar model is you know all these smart engineers working at these large corporates. Now we've got a solution. We've got a customer. We need somebody to 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 run the run the ship, if you will, if you will. So that's one of our first technologies out of the gate. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure where the recruitment process is, but I know they're getting a number of strong applications. That's great. Um, we talked recently with Adnan Khan at the Transition Accelerator about export potential of hydrogen, and uh, more specifically, pipelines. It was his position that. You know, Alberta has major advantages in the hydrogen space and could become a major global supplier of hydrogen. I don't know about that, but um, it's an interesting question. Where, where are you guys with hydrogen? Um, we've uh, actually got one uh, green hydrogen technology that's um, pretty, uh, pretty close. I think there's um, um, I think there's a massive potential um, with with hydrogen. Uh, I would agree uh, with your previous uh, previous panelist uh, that there is tremendous potential um, for Alberta in um, hydrogen uh, development. Whether Canada becomes a major export or exporter of hydrogen um, is less clear in my mind, in the sense that hydrogen is very difficult to store and it's very difficult to transport, and you can also make hydrogen anywhere you have water. Um, so it's not, uh, you know, is the technology that's going to be developed actually the technologies that produces it in the place that it's needed? Um, that I think has a lot of, uh, you know, exciting, exciting interest uh, that's going to be there. But where I'd say, you know, more broadly is, you know, in the pathway to net zero, um, we're literally talking about rewiring the world. Uh, this is going to be the single largest investment in, in, in my generation, which is why I'm so excited about it. But in order for us to be able to do it, um, we're going to have to make sure that we're delivering reliable economic energy uh, to the planet. You know, right now we're, we're seeing the effects of um, <laughs> energy security in, in, in Europe um, and a lot of consternation around geopolitics on, on energy supply that's traveling through Ukraine. Um, so how do we get there in the most economic and secure fashion? And if you look at any other en energy transition in the past, is use the infrastructure that was there. Um, and so I think that Canada has a really unique role that it can play in exporting a lot of the technology that's going to be required. 
Um, we've got a head start on the Americans. They're catching up fast. Um, but I think Canada's got the, the tools and the needs to, to, to be able to win this race. Well, that speaks to what you're doing, Kevin. And, and you know, the, the, uh, there's a big shift change coming in the business, right? And um, your generation is at the front end of this and the pointy part of the spear, as I always like to say. And I, I think it's great. Do you have other ideas about, like, you, you, you did say that you're one of your, and I'm not trying to dig into anything, just you said, you did mention green hydrogen, and for people's understanding, the green hydrogen is the most expensive at this point, because it comes from, purely from hydrolysis, correct? Is that, like, that? those are the ideas today. Um, there's probably new technologies coming, but they're very expensive. Having said that, green, uh, blue hydrogen, which generally comes from natural gas, do you, have, do you have some folks working on that? Because, you know, talking about infrastructure, we have a fair amount of infrastructure <laughs> around natural gas in Alberta and the rest of Canada. Yes, we do. And I'm a huge fan of, of blue hydrogen. Um, the, the green hydrogen technology we have was just pretty, uh, pretty compelling. And so it made it further through the avatar process than a number of the blue, blue hydrogen technologies that we're, that we're working on, but we're continuing uh, to work on them. You know, where I say is, yeah, that is the advantage Alberta has. We've got an abundance of cheap natural gas, um, but we also have some of the best geology in the world for storing CO2. So I think Alberta could become a real blue hydrogen um, leader by leveraging those two assets into, into an opportunity. Make sure and keep us posted. Kevin, this has been great. And I look forward to, you know, if we could kind of, we'll schedule to come back to you in a six months or a year and see what's going on next with avatar and uh i always ask the last question of the day is you know you for i try to read something that has got anything to do with energy security sometime of the day usually to put me to sleep so what are you reading these days <laughs> right now a lot of uh, a lot of contracts <laughs> um but uh I've, I've probably the most read the book i read uh, over the holidays uh, was uh uh, Hurari's uh, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century um, that tries to posit out ways to be thinking about a world in rapid and exponential change. Wonderful. Kevin, it's been great having you on. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Energy Security Cubed on the Canadian Global Affairs Podcast Network. You can find the CGAI Network on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. If you like the show, give it a rating. You can also find the Canadian Global Affairs Institute on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you like this episode and want to help us keep creating content, you can support us by donating at cgai.ca slash support. Energy Security Cubed is brought to you by our team at CGAI. Thanks go out to our producer, Joe Kalnan, and to Drew Phillips for providing our music. I'm Kelly Ogle. Thanks for joining us on Energy Security Cubed.